Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 72 of Comic Book Nation, the official podcast of comicbook.com. I am your host, Kofi Outlaw, and today I have my all-star replacement crew. As you can see, Matthew Aguilar isn't here. Janelle Wheeler's off today. So we got some uh, long-awaited returns. You guys have been asking for it, which is why, maybe the only reason why he's here, Mr. Chris Killian is joining us. But why would that be the only reason that I'm here, Kofi? Do you not uh, like me? We need I was to just, throwing, I was just throwing shade. You know, I, I don't give genuine compliments on this show. That's, that's not mm. how we roll on this one. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, Daily Distraction, All-Star, Mr. Chris Killian over there. And we had to bring back our queen of anime because tis the season again. Megan Peters is back. And as you can imagine, she's here to bring a bunch of anime manga goodness to come with the fall season. So we're giving you guys a fall anime preview. Plus... We had a different show to do, but as always, we luckily got in here today before some crazy big news broke on something that's happening with Marvel Spider-Man 3 casting, so we're going to get into that now. Plus, we got another big Marvel casting, a couple big trailers we got to talk about, and more Spider-Man on the video game front, so got to talk about that too. All right, so let's get into it right from the top. Like I said, we were coming in the studio, just getting ready to sit down and record, and honestly, I didn't know if we had much to talk about today. But then this happened. Marvel Spider-Man 3 is bringing back Jamie Foxx as Electro <laughs> to star in a movie alongside Tom Holland's Spider-Man now. Gosh. Obviously, this is a crazy big thing to wrap your head around for a lot of reasons. If you're, I mean, if you've been under a rock since the 2010s or in some kind of weird war tunnel where you were hiding out, Jamie Foxx has already, of course, pl played this role. Like, he played Max Dillon Electro in 2014's The Amazing Spider-Man 2, which was kind of uh, the franchise staller. I mean, it was a film that was not largely enjoyed by the fan base. Um, it was supposed to serve as this major kind of kickoff to Sony's large Spider-Man universe franchise, where they were going to do a Sinister Six movie. There were all these other movies in development, like... They were going to build up the Spider-Man universe around Andrew Garfield, Spider-Man, and, you know, do all this stuff. But Amazing Spider-Man 2 came along and wasn't really a hit with anybody. Kind of stalled that entire franchise and subsequently stalled all of Sony's plans for a Spider-Man movie universe so badly that they finally went back to Marvel and were like, help, please. And that's how we got Spider-Man Homecoming, basically, is they, they basically limped back to Marvel Studios and Kevin Feige for help after Amazing Spider-Man 2 and these big franchise plans kind of collapsed. 
Jamie Foxx's Electro was, needless to say, one of the more controversial aspects of that movie, both in how they depicted him and how kind of Jamie Foxx chose to approach that character. And so hearing that he's coming back for Spider-Man 3 with Tom Holland is a major head-scratcher. Um, right now, we don't know like, how this is going to take shape. So there are a lot of questions we, before we freak out you know, on the show. We are quick to freak out. We come in hot. But, I mean, there are a lot of questions we got to answer here. Um, yeah, there's a, I mean, with, and a lot of questions mm-hmm. that we don't have the answers to, honestly. Yeah, not right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. I mean, our, our whole opinion about this could change. Yeah. I mean, by the time we're done recording this, if additional reporting and details come out. So first and yeah. foremost, as we're recording this, we don't know if Jamie Foxx, we know he's in talks to play Electro. We don't know if he's in talks to play the same Electro or a different Electro. Uh, that's a pretty big detail. Um, who yeah. is this Electro we're getting? Yeah. Well, especially considering how Marvel have already used like J. Jonah Jameson, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, bringing him back it was is kind of a big thing. So we don't like he seems to be a different version of the character, like same actor, but a different you know version. Yeah, we don't. Hey, this know guy is a more modern J. Jonah Jameson. He mm-hmm. like has a you know a digital media platform as opposed to an old school newspaper. So yeah, yeah, yeah that was in in Far From Home and uh, Spider Man Far From Home when we got a. Uh, Actor, I can't believe I don't. Oh my god, I can't believe I'm blanking on his name. I love this guy. Anyway, you know the actor who plays J. Jonah Jameson. I, I don't believe I'm blanking on his name right now because I love the dude. But uh, yeah, so he's a different version of the character. So it's the same question, conceivably, for Max Dillon Electro. But it's not impossible. Um, it it also is possible to connect the events of Amazing Spider-Man Two with the events of Amazing Spider-Man 3, or Spider Spider-Man verse, 3. Spider-Verse. Yeah. <laughs> That's what um, because would last be saying. We saw, last we saw, Jamie Foxx's Electro got kind of phased out by Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man using this power plant and this weird musical fight sequence thing. Now, I don't know off the top yeah. of my head, but do you know if Multiverse uh, of Madness is coming out before Spider-Man 3 or after Spider-Man 3? Um, it's coming. Ooh, that's a good question. Let's, because let's I feel I, I don't remember off the top of my head, but I feel like if Multiverse of Madness is coming out before, well, they've yeah. changed so many release dates now, it's kind of hard to know where where we're at. <laughs> to be honest, yeah, I mean that that would be huge. Being WandaVision okay, into so Multiverse. Multiverse of Madness is March twenty fifth, twenty twenty two, and is December 2021. So, so Spider-Man, yeah, Spider-Man will be the, the last thing before Doctor Strange, if I'm counting that right. Yeah. Uh, so, so, so if it is a multiverse situation, then either, you know, you would imagine that Spider-Man is somehow going to set off something that opens up a multiverse that leads into Doctor Strange, or... Mm. WandaVision. My idea also, was that yeah. Yeah. would probably said open up some sort of multiverse that affects maybe you know, the other realities within the MCU. But uh, yeah, who knows how they're going to yeah. play this. Well, um, WandaVision is also a key to this. Like WandaVision is going to spark whatever yeah. carries over to Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Right. Which could also spark whatever event happens in Spider-Man 3. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I yeah. guess if you look at it that way, Multiverse of Madness could possibly be about Doctor Strange trying to close up whatever Wanda's accidentally opened up. Exactly. You know? And... There's also so much more. Like, we basically boiled down to this two storylines in, in MCU in Phase 4. There's a whole kind of realigning of the criminal espionage underworld that's going to happen in Black Widow. That it will get the 
it'll be set up in Black Widow, carry out in, in Falcon and Winter Soldier in Shang-Chi, which will be about these kind of shadowy organizations of, like I said, crime and stuff that's in the, in the Marvel Universe, uh, MCU. And the other side is this cosmic kind of multiverse reality situation to deal with ever since Endgame, which is what Loki will be focused on, WandaVision will be focused on, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness will be focused on, and right. we didn't, and Eternals could have some larger view of because of who they are and, and what they are. Right. We didn't count on Spider-Man being part of that equation, but we may and have to rethink that. And it's also not to say yeah. that, like, if, if he's coming back as Electro, like, we've heard for a long time that Craven's going to be the main big bad in Spider-Man 3. Like, that's been, like, a heavy rumor. And so it's not to say that Jamie Foxx is showing up for an entire movie. You know what I mean? No. He could be mm-hmm. showing up at the tail end of, you know, setting something else up. So we just don't know. Yeah, exactly. That's the other part of it. How much screen time is this? Um, yeah, it, this could be just a button or a major plot line that kicks off something. And there's a lot of things to kind of connect to this. There's still that Sinister Six movie that's out there that could be made, right? If you get enough stars, enough villains from these franchises together, whether it's like Jake Gyllenhaal and, you know, Cra- whoever plays Craven and, you know, so on, you know, Vulture and Scorpion. I mean, you now kind of have a bench for that in these movies with Tom Holland, Spider-Man. Um, the Spider-Verse movie is a big one uh, that we're going to be talking about. I'm writing an article as we speak. I got to finish it as soon as I get off here, which is people saw the animated Spider-Verse movie. It won an Oscar. It became like really popular and people have been wanting the live action version of that because we still have Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, and Tom Holland all around. This could be the start of that if, if this is the same Electro. Um, I, I, my... I'm th- I think I'm probably on like the minority of people who don't want a live action Spider-Verse person. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you on that. I, I've never needed it. I like the animated one for, for what it did. Um, yeah. But that once they pulled it off and, and people didn't go, okay, well, that's just too much for me. And people kind of accepted it in the animated form. You can't yeah. put it past studios. And Sony's, like I said, this, they've wanted this major franchise to happen. And they kind of screwed it up the first time in the 2010s. Marvel's helped them. But after Spider-Man 3, it's kind of like also the other factor is after Spider-Man 3, all bets are off about like Marvel and and Sony kind of working together and doing this. So if the Spider-Man 3 thing happens, you're you're essentially could be setting up a Spider-Verse as, I mean, Sony's franchise, right? So that Sony Mm -hmm. can actually launch a legitimate do something multifaceted spider-man franchise with the spider gwen movie or or spider woman movie spider-man 2099 or all these other characters that they could finally kind of launch as part of one shared universe that they own um so that's also a factor in this so yeah i mean i've never needed it like with the all three spider-men back together i mean that's never been like a wish of mine but um, and i also feel like with the animated Spider-Verse, right, you could still have a Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, Tom Holland make a cameo as their animated version of themselves, right, and pull off the same idea. Um, but it, it's, yeah, the live action version yeah. of that, I feel like dilutes, you know, how fun Into the Spider-Verse is for me personally. Yeah, I also... Yeah, I mean, I can, I mean, I, sorry, I was gonna say, I mean, I agree with that. I just think probably the thing Sony's looking at was the the total box office run for, you know, Into the Spider-Verse, which did very well for an animated feature, but, you know, comparative to something that, you know, a live action MCU blockbuster can do, if done well and done right, um, I mean, 
all the Spider-Man movies, the live action Tom Holland ones have done exceptionally yeah. well. So make no mistake. I'm, I'm sure that that little cha-ching sign is, is hovering over their, their minds when they brainstorm. Yeah. Sony wants that billion dollar level. Like that's, yeah. that's what they want. Make no mistake about that. Like they've, they got it from far from home, right? They crossed the billion. Yep. So, I just want to see what's his name? Yeah, Paul 1. Giamatti 1. return as Rhino. Oh, right? no. like this is like, come on. Yeah. No, 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 do not, do not cut me out of this. That was the funniest part of the movie. That was the worst part of no, the movie. Please, I didn't no. say it was the best part. I said it was the funniest part. Oh, <laughs> that guy. That, only... I, I cracked up. That's why I want. Fox, if Jamie Foxx is the same Electro, the only thing that makes sense to me is because he got phased out of that's how he died we didn't see him like die die he got like weirdly energy phased out when he just yeah. reforms in a different universe and it's like what the f like that's the only thing i want to say i do not want to see anything else i don't want to see dane dehan or felicity jones or anybody else from amazing spider-man 2 unless it's emma stone like back from the dead somehow that's it um leave the rest of that on the floor i have such bad oh man i was rooting for that movie so hard I know it was so sad. And I got uh, it. I was so it was, happy. It how Amazing Spider-Man Two kind of fell into the Spider-Man Three of just trying to do too much, you know, repeating history. Uh, it was just rough. It was a rough movie. But Paul Giamatti as Rhino. Nobody needs that to come back. Mm-mm. No, except agreed. me. Except me. Except for Megan. <laughs> Only for like weird Sean Freud reasons. Yeah. All right. I, I would rate the big mechanical Rhino to be as big of a like movie adaptation sin as turning Galactus into a giant planet swallowing cloud. It was yeah. <laughs> yeah, terrible. Yeah. Right up there with Parallax and a bunch of other stuff from Green Lantern. Yeah, there's a bunch we could go yeah. on about. All right, well, that's uh, Spider-Man. And like I said, um, we're not going to get too crazy about this because I feel like by the time you hear this recording, details will have changed. And our whole conversation can be wonderfully wait, wait, awesome. Wait, now, it does lead to another question, though, before we, before we move on. Is yep. Jamie Foxx still going to play Spawn? Stop. Stop the Spawn. Why? Why? Oh, I mean, Why? That, it is a fair question. It is a fair question. Todd McFarlane's always two weeks away from this Spawn movie shooting, so that's oh, where we're at. I know, but I believe in Todd. Todd, if you're watching this, I believe in you. I support you. I don't know about Kofi down here, but I got your back, Todd. I believe in the next two weeks. <laughs> I always believe in the next two weeks. All right, moving right along. As we wonder about the fate of Spawn, let's talk about Marvel. So BD was on a couple shows ago, and uh, it was a show where in the middle of it, we got the casting for She-Hulk being uh, Tatiana Maslany. And we were all freaking out. We had this like great real-time reaction. And BD kind of let on that he knew that before we had said that in the discussion, he said he knew of two castings at Marvel that had been completed but not announced. Mm-hmm. And we got the She-Hulk one. And as soon as he did that, he's like, well, Cat's out of the bag. The other one's Miss Marvel. She's been cast, but they haven't. Yeah, I, I had likewise heard same last week about those two, but I've heard that Moon Knight's been cast as well. Uh-oh. Uh, I, don't know how, mm-hmm. I don't know how reliable it is. I have people that message me all the time claiming to be sources and, you know, you never know how, how, how viable they are. But, you know, I've heard mm-hmm. that Moon Knight's also been cast. Well, I mean, it's not crazy because those yeah. were all in the same slate of, of upcoming the next right. wave of uh, Marvel Disney yeah. Plus shows. It'd be shocking if they don't have Moonlight cast. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like, Maybe yeah, that, that's a big, that's a big one. So, like, yeah, they probably have that actor cast already and they're just keeping that close to the vest as well. 
But now we got uh, the, who our Miss Marvel is, and her name is Iman Vellani, and mm -hmm. uh, she's a new actress, newcomer. Yeah. Canadian. Did you pronounce, did you pronounce name yeah. the right way? I, I, I said I, man. Oh. I said Iman. No, I, I'm black. Iman. I know how to say Iman. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she, was, she was a famous model for a long time. Helped, helped form me as a, as a boy at a formative point in my childhood. I, I know how to read that name very well, yes. Um, Iman. Okay. Yeah, I mean, how cool is it that, I mean, I think a lot of people had an expectation that they would be casting kind of an unknown talent for Miss Marvel, um, you know, you know, to bring to, to bring Kamala Khan to the screen. But like, it's so cool for this kid. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm not quite sure how old she is in real life. But like, that's awesome. That's so cool. And she's like a fan of Marvel, I believe. Like, she was like, a big Iron Man fan or something. So it's like the fact that like, She's living the dream. Like, I just want to support and protect her <laughs> so much. So, yeah, like, me too. I'm so for it. I'm so... I'm, so like, happy and sad for her at the same I time. I heard the trade say she's 18, but I don't believe that from the picture they... Unless the picture they posted is, like, six years old, she does not look 18 to me. She looks, she looks a lot younger than that. I mean, yeah, she looks like she could be anywhere from, like, 15 to, like... Well, like, Selena Gomez is almost, like, 30, but she still looks very young, so... Yeah, wow. Almost 30? Yeah, that kind of... She's older than I like, am. No, that's She's... messing me up right now. I might yes. have to derail Selena... the show and talk about that. That's kind of messing yeah. me up. Yeah, yes, um, Gomez anyway, is older than I am. No, she looks very young, and she just has that youngish kind of... cutish kind of look to her in the picture they kind yeah. of release. And yeah. um, it looks like she's going to be a very charming Kamala Khan, and so I'm, I'm kind of so looking forward excited. to this. Yeah, but I'm, I'm like always bittersweet and sad whenever this happens because I'm so happy for these kids to be living the dream. I'm so mm -hmm. sorry that they're going to have to meet some of the community that's out there. Um, yeah, like the expectations that I've already seen coming in. I mean, I feel because like, like they're still not sure if she has a verified Instagram yet. But like as soon as the announcement went live, it went from being zero registered profiles under, uh, you know, her name, Iman Bellani. And now there was like 60 within like an hour. <laughs> so it's like, oh man, you're, you're gonna, you're gonna find out the, the, I mean, just like you said, Kofi, the bittersweet parts of this fandom. But I mean, for her to be playing, you know, Miss Marvel, like that's so off, man. I, I'm, if Matt was here, Matt and I would just probably be screaming because we're yeah. both <laughs> Matt, like super Matt excited. Day, take a day off, but uh, yeah, I messaged buddy. him. I messaged him and I was like, oh my gosh, um, we like, we finally have it. So, I mean, between, I mean, the Tatiana casting, the Amon casting, I mean, Disney knows what it's doing right now with Marvel. I'm super, yeah, I'm good super trip. pumped. Disney's always known what it's doing. Like Disney, they're, they're, they've yeah. been really great at casting for the Marvel, for, you know, the Marvel characters. I mean, oh, yeah, for I mean, sure. People, when I saw people saying negative things about Iman, I was like, what do you, what are you talking yeah, based about? Based on what? <laughs> like, don't, yeah, I saw someone say that she seemed too old, and I was like, "How? How is she too old to do this? Could she um, change size in real life? If not, get her out of there." Like, yeah, yeah. I, it's I, like I'm sorry, I can't casually and big in my fist. Talk that said she's not buff enough. I was like, yeah. uh, "Come on, just stop." Are you as are you as buff as the Hulk? That's what I always want to come back I got with when I saw out. people. I don't do oh. this anymore. I got burned out because I was doing this and covering things during the early days of Gal Gadot Wonder Woman casting. And yeah. I had my fill back then. So I, I don't well, do this. You know, it's one thing for like a Gal Gadot who plays Wonder Woman, but it's another thing for somebody who transforms into a seven foot green She-Hulk. It's clearly <laughs> yeah. a guy just yeah. like Mark Ruffalo is, right? It's like, 
you know, we're not talking about casting like a Superman or a Batman or something like that. We're talking about somebody who's been cast as someone who transforms into somebody who you can't do live action unless you go back to the 70s. Yeah, we don't. Yeah. We, I mean, we're not going to throw. We're not, yeah, I know. We're not throwing a wig on Lou Ferrigno and being like, yeah. all right, welcome back. Yeah. No, <laughs> welcome back. Yeah, I'm not going to get into the body stuff. It's just ridiculous to me. If they're cast, yeah. I know that they had the charm and the star power to, to embody these characters. And oh, yeah. Marvel does not take that lightly because it's a literally possibly billion dollar commodity to them. So. Yeah. So hopefully next episode, you're talking about Moon Knight. <laughs> Feige we trust. In Feige we trust. All right. Yeah. Well, what about the rumors that like, I know you've heard the rumor about Moon Knight that like Keanu Reeves is like, that they've been talking to him do you think i've that- been very clear that any scenes of keanu reeves in a room having an argument with himself as a crazy superhero like moon knight i'm totally down for oh if 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 in the if we are in actually a timeline for once that doesn't suck <laughs> it is keanu reeves thank you i, I do yeah. believe that kevin feige wants keanu in some form or fashion and i think they've been waiting a long time to find something for him to do and it's just a matter of finding the right thing for him. But Moon Knight seems like one of those things that could be possible, especially when you hear that they've been looking for somebody like in their 40s to play that character. Yeah, no, I mean, he'd yeah. be great. Like, like I said, Keanu could get weird. He can do like, he's funny. He can get weird. He's a badass action star, like all things you need for a great Moon Knight. So looking forward mm-hmm. to that. All right, we got to stop and take a break and pay some bills. But when we come back, we got to talk about two big trailers that came out this week. Uh, the Return of Borat and The Return of the Craft. So let's get into that when we get back. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. All right, so we're back. And like I said, we got two big movie trailers this week. First one we got to talk about is Borat. Now, please, please, please do the rest of this with that Borat impression. I can't. I can only capture these things for like small, small little things. But uh, it's like a supernova flashing by. Yeah, is your impression of Borat. The spirit, the spirit comes in and out like real quick. But uh, yeah, two two thousand six. Um, I remember I was. Gosh, like, it was that long ago. Yeah, I just in. I was just into like a regular job, and I got picked to go down. I mean, I wasn't in this industry yet but I got picked to go down in Philadelphia to the first test screenings of Borat. And when nobody had any idea, like unless you watched Ollie G, you had no idea what this was, who Sasha Baron Cohen was or what this was about. And I'll never forget like one of the, my favorite movie theater experiences. Cause everybody was, some people were literally on the floor of the aisles, like laughing so hard at Borat and that movie. Um, it was a good time. 
So he's coming back uh, for a sequel, which, like, I I have just been marveling at how, like, just the cojones on Sasha Baron Cohen, because what he does is this kind of guerrilla journalism style thing where he, you know, puts on disguises, creates these false premises, uses this really great resume he actually has as a very educated and good guy, and then, you know, ambushes people with these crazy characters. But it's kind of a, a trick that only works once, right? Like once everybody yeah. knows who Borat is, the question has always been, how could you do a sequel to that movie? Because everybody knows who Borat is. And so this movie does not shy away from that. And the trailer is kind of really hilarious about taking on that idea of playing up the real fame and, and using it as the kind of fuel for this movie. Um, and yeah, this movie looks crazy. I, I'm like nervous to watch this just for making i know sasha baron cohen's still alive so he's obviously like made it but there are just situations in this that in the middle of 2020 the things that he's doing and the buttons he's willing to push are just so i mean it just takes on everything from you know the maga stuff to covid to all this stuff and sasha's always been pretty brilliant at that right i mean he's just He's just amazing anyway. But yeah, I like I like the premise behind this sequel is that Borat himself is famous. And so Borat's having to disguise himself. So I love that Sasha is playing, <laughs> playing a guy that's disguised. He's it's playing the dude. He's playing the dude dressed as another. I forget how that line goes from Tropic Thunder, but I feel like it qualifies yeah. here. Yeah, it definitely fits. I'm the dude playing the dude dressed as another dude. Yes, that's it. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Yeah, there it is. Um, and so, yeah, like now, and so this, he put Borat, the character, puts on even more ridiculous costumes, and it's specifically like American costumes, which are hilarious, which is like the blonde wig and the goatee and like <laughs> the jeans and the denim. And so, like, yeah, I didn't think I, you could make lightning strike twice and I could actually enjoy this, but um, yeah, I'm going to be watching this. I got I to gotta check this out when it comes out. Because yeah, from what I heard, too, yeah. Sasha was like, apparently in a in a rush to get it out specifically before uh before the election so i think there's probably some really really funny stuff i mean he showed that it ends with him interrupting mike oh yeah mike pence yeah so there's gonna be some pretty funny stuff in there for him to want to rush it out before the election and he had to wear it even says he had to wear bulletproof vest for certain scenes of this yeah just for his own wow yeah I mean, I'll be like totally honest here. I, I mean, I was like in middle school when Borat came out, so like I was not allowed oh, to really see it. Oh, really? Is there? Oh yeah, no, I'm throwing that out. But I, I, I wasn't allowed to see it. And I'll be totally honest. I forgot Borat even existed until the the discussion about the sequel came out. And so now I was one of like one of those people that was like, "What is this?" And I watched the trailer uh, earlier today for the first time, and it is like now that I have an appreciation for what's going on, it looks magnificent but i had such secondhand embarrassment i like couldn't function oh so yeah the awkwardness definitely... level is really high that's what sasha baron cohen does so well I'm i like, know i like god bless him for doing that there's like this brief glimpse of a bikini that he's wearing that's even worse than the bikini he made famous from the original movie um if the trailer if the trailer images anything to go by it may even be a mask that he's wearing as like a like a hot dog sling there uh, as a crotch oh, sling. Wow. Yeah. Um, because that's what the actual like the uh, image when before you play the trailer is is him just sitting there and it says wear mask save life <laughs> save life no wear mask save life that's great and like yeah and he just has a mask slung from his neck down around his junk and just like yeah wow all right 
Adding that to my things to watch list. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. So I didn't think I'd be saying this, but this is 2020. I'm excited for Borat. All right. Now, let's go jump over to Blue House, who is bringing back The Craft. Now, I grew up in the 90s. Megan, maybe you could sit this one out. Me and Chris will take this one on. But uh, I grew up in the 90s, and The Craft was, of course, one of the biggest cult hit films, like horror films in that time. I've seen it, I mean, countless times. I made that joke on Daily Distraction that because uh, I feel like a lot of people nowadays might not remember The Craft, and I was like, it was the one scary movie Nev Campbell was in not called Scream. That pretty much sums it up. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's good. I mean, if you want to get real 90s, you start throwing out some names like Feruza, uh, Feruza Balk, Robin Tooney, Nev Campbell. Um, uh, who was the black girl in that? She was also in... Uh, he was in uh, the Dave Chappelle Dave movie. Dave Chappelle movie, yeah. She's Mary Jane. Um, yeah, these are like nine. This is the epitome of like 90s like actresses. <laughs> like um, yeah. even, uh, what's her name? Ben Stiller's wife is in it and... She like has that famous line about Negroids or something. It's a, the craft is just like the epitome of a nineties film. It is like one of those films that like, if you want to teach people what the nineties is like, you put that on and like can't hardly wait an American pie or something. And you're like, okay, basically and like reality bites. And you're like, okay, so this is basically it. Right. Um, yeah. And so the craft is about a group. It's about a girl who moves to it. The original is about a group girl who moves to a new town and it's kind of an outcast, you know, because she's just so horribly pretty, smart, and nice, um, which I guess is bad for Gen X. But anyway, they, uh, she falls in with this kind of group of other outcasts, three other girls, and finds out they're a coven of witches. And she has strong mystical powers, too. And so they became this coven. And at first, it's all great because they use their powers to kind of become the popular clique of high school. But things get, you know, power corrupts, and the witches start freaking out. And so... It turns out the main character is like the good witch in the bunch and they all the other ones turn bad and they have a big witch fight. Um, yeah. And Feruza Balk goes nuts. But what was kind of good about the craft and I like it as I got older and kind of looked at it again is that it really is kind of a very subtle kind of uh, thing about how you know, there are a lot of subtleties about, you know, class and upbringing and, and difference about specifically with Robin Tooney's character, Sarah and, uh, Feruza Balk's character, Nancy, who is kind of like more like a kind of trailer girl and stuff like that and doesn't have like the good family structure and what that does to them both. Um, This one, The Craft Legacy, is basically just The Craft again for 2020 kids. Yeah, that's kind of how it it struck me was that this they're just going to remodel the same. So it's like kind of a quasi-sequel, but not a sequel because – they showed the picture of uh, one of the craft girls. I don't remember which one. It's Feruza Balk. Okay. Yeah, who played yeah, Nancy. So, crazy so it, is, it is loosely connected. And I don't know if any of the original girls are going to make a cameo. And who did anybody live? I don't remember. I'm pretty sure only maybe Nancy dies in that. Because okay. if it's, I remember correctly. I, I don't think I've seen the craft since the 90s, if I'm being perfectly I've honest. I've seen it a couple times, but I always forget how it ends. Yeah. Like, yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, there are some people who could show back up in this, and it would be it'd be crazy. They're probably going to end up doing no, um, yeah, board or something together. <laughs> no, everybody lives. She, Sarah, it becomes the ultimate witch. She takes away their powers, and so the two girls going back to just being losers in high school, and Nancy ends up in the psychiatric hospital. So they're all still alive. And so they could actually bring back Nancy and her powers and all that stuff because she was just in the psych ward. 
I'm I'm excited to be uh, see the comeback of Nev Campbell going on here. Yeah, I mean, she's yeah. in the next scream too, right? Because you can't have a scream without Nev Campbell. Yeah, she's in the next scream. Yeah, so she's coming back. It's all coming back. The '90s is a time again, baby. Breaking yeah, well, out off colors, right? With Stranger Things and all that. Every everybody was obsessed with the '80s for a few years, and now it's the '90s turn. Yeah, baby. So, I mean, yeah, this is not going to be for me, per se, this new film, because I'm not a 2020 kid dealing with 2020 things, but there's all this stuff about, you know, race and gender identity and all this stuff that 2020 kids got to deal with. Um, and it looks like it'll be a metaphor for the craft. So if you haven't discovered this film and you want it for maybe a new generation or you're just hanging out with your Wiccan friends, go check out the craft. But you can watch the trailer <laughs> on comicbook.com horror. Moving right along from horror and the craft and the horror of whatever Borat's wearing. Let's talk about some gaming real quick. Uh, it was an interesting note that we got that uh, Marvel is going to be, Marvel Spider-Man is going to actually be remastered for the PS5. But this remastering is going to be uh, making some, some significant changes. One of the biggest ones is the recasting of Peter Parker. So <laughs> you played Marvel, and I feel so bad for that kid. <laughs> who they model him after. Um, yeah, they're going to be throwing in a new Peter Parker, and uh, the internet's been kind of going off about what they've done. They basically remodeled Peter Parker's face to, to look more kind of, uh, I say Tom Holland-ish, everybody. It's like that gold, white versus black and blue dress situation. Everybody kind of yeah. sees a different thing when they look at this new. But um, yeah, that's kind of one of the big changes that they're going to be making. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, they're going to give... Uh, they're going to use a new PS5 controller, which kind of will have finer tuned controls and things. You can do more Spider-Man-y type deals and a better spatial 3D audio. So it's going to get kind of knocked up for the specs of the PS5. Um, yeah, I saw that they also like really did like a big makeover on like the New York City landscape, yeah. which was always one of the like most impressive. I mean, the game is impressive just flat yeah. out but it was always so cool like being able to go through new york city and it'd be like pretty freaking accurate um so i'm i'm excited to see what they're into that i'm not excited about the new peter parker but i understand why they had to do it uh well, because of the mocap i don't know that they had to do it but I, yeah I, that's true fights on instagram about it because a lot of people i mean obviously insomniac's excuse was they wanted an actor who they felt like um, kind of the face matched the voice, you know, a little bit better that they, you know, I, I forget the actor's name who, who talked. Uh, Yuri Lowenthal. Yeah. Yeah. Yuri. Yuri. Uh, and, uh, and so they want an actor that matched his voice, but I don't think that anybody thought that that face didn't match. Right. It, that wasn't really an issue or a complaint that anybody had. I think it, to me, it's like quite obvious that they want to tap into uh, the MCU success and credit, you know, kind of, kind of ride those coattails a little bit because there's no arguing that the first uh, actor to play him really resembled Andrew Garfield. Like a lot of people have said that he resembled Andrew Garfield and they started that, uh, th that the production of that game around, uh, I think it was 2015 or 16 when Andrew Garfield was technically still Spider-Man. Uh, and so I think now they're just trying to get somebody that looks like Tom Holland. I don't think that you can really dispute that the change there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I came to like the kid who played Spider-Man. I liked the very the kind of slightly different looks of everybody in the game. So this is kind of jarring. Yeah. But 
I get it. It looks um, so different. I just, yeah. if you haven't seen it, just like look yeah, it up. Look I'm sure you've seen it. But like I, I heard it that they recast. And I was like, oh, it's not going to be that different. And I legitimately did not realize what I was looking at. So. <laughs> no, it's like when they recast Becky on Roseanne. You come in, you're like, wait, who's that around the table? And it's yeah, some other basically. Peter Parker. But uh, yeah, as Megan alluded to, um, the city environments have been beefed up. The weather, the nature, the trees and stuff look crazy and clouds. I mean, it looks nuts. They've had uh, ray traced reflections and, and better kind of ambient shadows. So you can actually see, like uh, there's a picture on PlayStation's blog of what it looks like when Spider-Man's sticking to a wall that has a window. And it just looks nuts, like absolutely nuts. The but did they give it New York traffic? Uh, I don't know if you wow. can do that. I don't know if any console can handle that, having lived in Michigan yeah, it doesn't for seven have and a half the, years. doesn't have the processing power to just do all those cars. <laughs> I mean, it depends, because is it real New York traffic, in which case it just stopped like that? In which case yeah. you don't have to move the cars, right. actually? It only, it only moves up like, like yeah. a car every, like, 30 minutes. So. Yeah, the only animation you would need is the biker coming by and whoever they hit. So, yeah. <laughs> that. But, uh, yeah, it was bugged out. I lived in the neighborhood where this game kind of in Hell's Kitchen in Manhattan and all that and ran around a lot of places that you went in this game. So it's going to be interesting. I'm going to definitely play it again. Uh, you get a voucher for this uh remastered spider-man when you get the uh miles morales ultimate edition which will also be pretty good so basically insomniac's just trying to find you a way to take halves of a little something a half of this and a half of that and combine it into like something that feels like one whole new game because uh kind of miles morales is kind of half or three quarters of a game this is a remaster but if you put them all together it's pretty fun right um but that's good and i'm being cynical but it, it does sound fun and i do want to play both so they got me all right, so check that out. Look at the kind of details because it is pretty, it's pretty stunning, uh, both the changes to Peter Parker and the environment upgrades and stuff like that. We're going to get new suits, three of them, uh, including the Amazing Spider-Man suit. So, yeah, check that out on comicbook.com gaming. Now, for our deep dive today, before May Megan goes down and just kind of lays out everything we need to know for the fall anime preview, I'm just going to quickly shout out the ending of uh, HBO Max's Raised by Wolves. So that was this HBO Max, it's big sci-fi original series. And um, I really enjoyed season one. I told you guys when it kind of first premiered. I haven't seen this. I didn't see Raised by Wolves. Is it good? Uh, it, it's, <laughs> let's see. It's good. I don't know if it's your cup of tea, knowing what I know about your tastes. It's, it's like, and I'm not saying that's not an insult to you. It's, it's kind of that weird really heady kind of slow burn sci-fi stuff. Oh, about oh, heady. So it's, it's smart. No, it's not. I mean, it's not smart. It's just very kind of like really pronounced. I mean, it's a war between a, an overly religious zealot sect and a group of atheists that gave androids a bunch of human fetuses to raise on a foreign planet. So there's a lot of arguments about atheism and faith and, you know, all that. There's aliens, okay. all this crazy stuff. So like, yeah, I, like I said, if you're into that kind of heady, allegorical, kind of metaphorical sci-fi stuff, yeah, it, I mean, it's good. Uh, if you're not into that kind of stuff, maybe not so good for you. Um, the season finale was pretty crazy. Uh, like I said, this has been a very slow burn series and like it's been kind of hard to tell sometimes like where the footing is and where it's going, but everything kind of comes together in this final episode of season one. It's been renewed for season two. And uh, this has been kind of, it's a newcomer director, but like Ridley Scott has been heavily involved in this. And in this final episode, things go full alien in a way that I was not expecting. Cause I thought this series was just more about, like I said, the heady stuff. I didn't know we were going to get into kind of some kind of body horror that 
that it does. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we're going to talk full spoilers because this is the season finale, but this whole kind of crux of this show has been these two androids, mother and father, raising these human embryos on this foreign planet away from the great kind of war between the faithful and the atheists uh, that destroyed Earth. And uh, they basically find out that mother becomes pregnant in what is supposed to be impossible as an android. She becomes pregnant with a fetus in what she thinks is kind of the true purpose of her programming was to evolve, raise these kids who were probably not going to survive because only one does. And then, you know, that was her purpose was to raise humans, but it was actually, she's creating a new life form. Uh, unfortunately when it's born, it turns out it's not like a nice little Android baby. It's a horrible soul, you know, blood sucking space worm that emerges from her mouth alien style. And like her, it can fly because she's this actually a killer Android that helped wipe out a lot of the atheists on and humanity on earth. And so now there's this giant space snake. That's just cause it grows really quickly like a xenomorph and becomes this humongous flying space leech snake thing. Uh, so that's season two raised by wolves coming up. What? I would have never, ever, ever expected those words to come out of your mouth. Well, you don't expect <laughs> the scene cause she starts to give birth and then you're like, Oh, it's going to be like some weird kind of, like I said, this thing does like spiritual stuff. It's like, going to be some weird, Jesus type birthing scene? No, it's a really Scott Alien movie. A space worm climbs out of her gull while she spits up, and, like because it is really Scott. So all the androids have like milk blood, so she's just spitting up milk blood while this space worm crawls out of her, and it's pretty horrific. So did you did you like like Westworld or Mother on Netflix and that kind of stuff? That yeah, stuff? I like that stuff. I'm a, I'm a sci-fi guy. I do. I feel like that's what it's kind of like. Your description is reminding me of stuff like that. Well, if you like that stuff, maybe I've misjudged Chris Killian. You might like Raised by Wolves. Um, I have no doubt in my mind that you've misjudged Chris Killian. But, oh. <laughs> uh, but is it, since it's Ridley Scott, is there any sort of like underlying connection to the Alien series that you have picked up on other than Milk Blood? Um, I mean, androids. I mean, it's Ridley Scott. So it's like everything from Ridley Scott's still in this weird crisis of faith phase that he's been in mm-hmm. ever since his brother got sick and died. Like, like Prometheus is all about, you know, faith and God and stuff like that. And alien covenant kind of carries that on. And now this kind of carries that on too. Um, so I don't know about connections to Xenomorph. I feel like this is a separate story, but it's really Scott. So it has a lot of the same beats. To right. It. And especially now um, this last episode, I mean, it just goes full on alien on you. So it's going to be kind of crazy, but uh, it is interesting. And I'm happy it was renewed for season two. I was pleasantly surprised by how much I actually enjoyed raised by wolves every week. And I like the system that they did for HBO Max. They released two episodes a week, and it was 10 episodes. So it was about like five weeks of – or no, they did three to start, and then they did two episodes every week, which was great. So you got like a movie every week to watch, and it was nice. All right, so check that out. It's on HBO Max. Season two's coming up. That'll do it for our TV recap right now. Megan, I've been stumping for a long time on here telling people, uh, even more than anime, I've been selling manga as the best kind of content for your buck in 2020, if you've been on lockdown and stuff and yeah, Mm -hmm. it's been exciting and it's been exciting year, all things considered with all the uh, interruptions. So what's coming our way in fall. So can you tell us some good news? Yes. Well, October is here. That means the fall season for anime has officially begun. So we'll kind of start breaking down with anime first. Um, If you're looking for something new to watch, several new shows or movies or miniseries are on their way. Uh, If you were a fan of Bleach, the supernatural anime uh, featuring, you know, Soul Reapers, the creator of that series, uh, Tite Gubo, has just released a 
like series for the first time since Bleach. Um, the show is called Burn the Witch. It is available exclusively on Crunchyroll, and it's basically like a pretty solid movie that, you know, follows uh, witches in London, and it's pretty pretty solid. Uh, so that's available to watch now. Uh, by the time you're listening to this, um, the show Jujutsu Kaisen will also be available. A lot of people are comparing that, uh, funnily enough, to the next Bleach series. It's a supernatural show all about curses and demons. So lots of supernatural stuff happening. Uh, by the end of this month, there will be a new Demon Slayer movie out. We will have the return of Haikyuu, um, as well as other shows that you know, we've been waiting a while for like Golden Kamui. So if you're needing stuff to watch, we have it all covered on comicbook.com. Uh, but most importantly, by this weekend, we will be having what is called My Hero Academia's Hero Festival. It's an annual event where all the anime cast comes together and they announce basically everything you need to know about the next season of the anime. So rumors have started to trickle out um, and I've heard that Currently, the plan is to release My Hero Academia's fifth season in the spring of 2021. Uh, so that means it would begin in April. This is pretty much par for the course for the series. Its first three seasons released in the spring of its given year. So this is pretty much expected. Uh, the only reason it would change if there's any like pandemic related delays, but we're not really anticipating that this time. So if you have not, I've said, I think I've said this every time on the show. If you've not watched My Hero Academia, it is one of the greatest superhero series currently in production and being published and being, you know, yeah, put on television. No doubt. no doubt. The manga has been so fire for, for 2020. It's been insane. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just like a brief plug. The manga as well. God bless Kofi for singing the gospel of manga to all of you lovely listeners. But uh, currently My Hero Academia is an insane, an insane thing. I can tell you that the upcoming chapter of My Hero Academia that's coming out will feature uh, something involving Shigaraki that literally no one expected to happen this early in the series. Uh, so you definitely want to check that out. And um, if you were hoping to catch up with One Piece, you're going to be a little bit sad. It is on hiatus for the next two weeks because the creator Ichiro Oda has fallen ill. It's nothing it's nothing too serious so don't don't get scared uh but it'll just be on a little bit of a break but that's okay so you have plenty of anime to watch in the meantime there's no excuse so that is yeah. the fall season yeah man my hero academia is great manga like now i get up sunday mornings i make my coffee right and i actually know the time when it's coming out i'm like i'm waiting for 11 o'clock or 12 noon eastern and i'm like yep. all right now it's time and I tell my family to shut up for a minute. And then I sit down and I read and I have my moment of peace for about 20 minutes while I read and maybe reread through because uh, every chapter is just like edge of your seat. It's been great. Right. I mean, yeah. consistently, if you're caught up, the last chapter, spoilers, if you're not caught up, I've warned you, but it looks like Bakugo is either about to lose his quirk or be like seriously like injured. He's not going to die. I can't, I can't let myself even think that, but I mean, it's not looking too hot for him because he took on the wrong end of Shigaraki's quirk. But yeah. he did it to save Izuku, so that yeah, was nice I mean, to see. Interesting reversal to see what happens when Bakugo is powerless and Izuku is all-powerful. So it'll be a crazy yep. reversal for the series. All right, that'll do it for our fall anime preview. And, oh, Chris, you had something to say? I was just going to say that walking into an anime conversation is literally the same thing as walking into a football conversation for me. I have... 
<laughs> what you guys are talking about. Chris Killen, you still have one of my favorite videos on comicbook.com is when we threw you in the deep end of having to yeah. rank all of Naruto's best fights. And God bless you. I watch that every so often to laugh, not at you, because I honestly know you were trying so hard to nail all this. And just seeing somebody thrown in the deep end of just trying to describe Naruto's characters, what happens, what the techniques are, and all of that stuff is... It's really cruel, really, but I mean... No, it was, a, yeah. I mean, it was a fun video. Are, are you talking specifically about the, uh, the, 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 the video where... Um, it's like it's like me trying to say the names over and over and, yeah and yes. yeah, yeah, yeah that's classic <laughs> that, was a, that was an adam frost uh, special right there i really i really cherish that video yeah no it's a great yeah. one man that's amazing that's a great one that was like the only time we threw you into anime and i'm sorry for that because uh yeah that's a hard gig that's a really hard gig uh yeah i mean it's like reading stereo equipment manuals but um all right <laughs> if okay, you're on the inside yeah, if you're on the inside, though, it's it's good time. But uh, all yeah. right, that'll do it for our, our anime discussion and this episode of Comic Book Nation. We want to thank you guys, as always, for tuning in. We put up new episodes on comicbook.com every Wednesday and Friday where you can listen to the show or you can listen to your favorite podcast platforms. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Google Playlist, uh, iHeartRadio, or you can tell any smart home device to fire up Comic Book Nation podcast and it'll start playing for you. We now have the official at Comic Book Nation Twitter page. So if you want to get at us, just drop us a line there. You can always find us checking out the hashtag Comic Book Nation as well. Or you can find me at Kofi Outlaw. You can find me on Twitter at Megan Peters CB. And uh, I'm at Twitter at Chris Killian or on Instagram at CK Comedy because there's some kid named Chris Killian who won't get off there. It's just <laughs> annoying. He has like 20 followers and I don't think he's posted anything new in like six years. Oh, man, that's rough. The worst. That's rough. But uh, CB comedy, I mean, or CK comedy, you got to keep the brand in anyway. So, uh, yeah, got to keep branding. Always be branding. Ab. Anyway, moving right along, that's Chris Killian, and uh, we'll have him back again. I hope you guys are happy who are yelling for him to be here. Here he is. A lot of people yelling for it. Yes, every show I get these requests. Oh, you guys. People were beginning to think there was, like, some kind of conspiracy that we didn't have you on. And I was just like, I honestly just, ne I always think of people who are like writing all this stuff. I never think because you're always just doing daily. Yeah, I, yeah, I've, I've had a lot of people message me and be like, why am I not on? And I'm like, I don't know. They don't ask me. That's, that's the. <laughs> Literally, because I just, because what we're doing, I always think of the writers and trying to get all the writers here first. I always forget we have like just you as our uh, camera personality floating out here. I haven't seen you in months. Like, I know it's been crazy. Yeah. This, this is my life right here. This thing. This is yeah, this the green I screen there. So right here yes but there he is we'll have him back again everybody can stop yelling there we we've uh we've broken the seal we got chris killian on here we can have <laughs> him back again it's all good uh yeah if you are just now getting in the show and you like it go on apple podcast leave us a five-star review because we got that merch closet filled with shirts that we did not send out this year and we got to clean that out to keep the budget up so if you leave us a five-star review on apple podcast when we get back in the closet we're going to be sending out a bunch of complimentary t-shirts to our five-star fans so thank you. Otherwise, that'll do it for this episode of Comic Book Nation. We want to thank you guys for tuning in. Stay connected. Stay engaged. Try to do something good in 2020, and we'll see you next time. Peace. Deuces. Deuces.